Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. We have been off on our holidays for the last couple of weeks, but we are back and excited about the summer tour coming up and also the massive conclusion of the Rainbow Cup. It's David, Matt and Alan taking you through absolutely everything about Scottish rugby um, and everything that's gone on in the last couple of weeks. Matt, you've been away um, out of Hebrides. Looks like a lovely little trip. Yeah, very nice. I was out in uh, Harris, uh, very remote, but absolutely incredible. Um, very good time out there. I managed to get, uh, managed to finish the new um, Tom English and Peter Burns book, This Is Your Everest, um, but the, the lies in 1997, which was, I don't know, maybe the highlight of the holiday, actually. Yeah, you put up a lovely, lovely little photo of your sort of reading, um, your reading setup. That looked like a lovely little spot to, uh, to be taking it in. Um, it is, as Matt says, an absolute banger. Um, it's really the sort of the go-to book, really behind the scenes of that '97 tour. Um, and there's a couple of ways you can get your hands on it. Go onto the Polaris Publishing website. We've put stuff on our Twitter account for that. You can get a little taster on our newsletter as well. We've put up a really, really interesting extract, which is all about um, Scotland legend Tom Smith and uh, the amazing work he did on that tour. That's this is your Everest um, from Polaris Publishing. So get on there. Um, all the links will be on our social media um, after this, and we'll put it in the notes for the podcast as well. Thoroughly, thoroughly recommend. Alan, what have you what have you been up to? Nothing. All I Absolutely do is, nothing. All Just, I do is work and try and min- ensure that Freya stays alive. That's kind of my two, <laughs> the only two things I sort of seem to sort of focus on these days. And um, how are they both going? Um, Freya is alive. And work, so-so, so, you know, it's all right. 
saw her the other day. She was um, in the Rayburn, you know, she taking w- it, taking in stock, the sights of Stockbridge in the Rayburn. She was. She was trying to. Um, she was trying to get get her hands on on the old Rosie, taken after her, the, taken her after mother, her mum. But uh, no, she's uh, no. It was nice, nice to nice to see you and the missus, and get get spend a bit of time with the old Freya. It was lovely, wasn't it? The, the last time I was in the Rayburn, I think it was like last season's like Edinburgh end of season party, and like all the Edinburgh lads were in there getting absolutely off their face. Duhan van der Merwe wearing a combination of the tightest trousers I've ever seen and the tightest t-shirt I've ever seen in my life. He might as well have been wearing like a leotard. It was an absolute joke. Thing is, he looks damn good. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Wear, you probably not, would. You, you would wear the clothes. Sorry, I would. I don't think I'm a bag of sick. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely nobody in the Rayburn. No, the fine, well-heeled people of Stockbridge don't need to be seeing that, do they? <laughs> Um, so that's what we've been up to, but there has been an awful lot of news going on, not least the name of the the naming of the Scotland squad for the um, summer tour. We're going to be getting into that slightly later in the pod. A little bit of news to get through first. Um, uh, breaking today, um, friend of the pod, um, Scotland's um, back rower, John Hardy, has announced his um, retirement, uh, obviously burst onto the scene um, pretty much out of nowhere ahead of the 2015 World Cup, um, amassed a pretty decent um, number of caps for Scotland. And um, I think, Matt, he'll go down pretty fondly in the memories of Scotland fans. Yeah, I think so. It was, it was all a bit of a almost rushed introduction to Scottish rugby in general, because I think he was capped just prior to that World Cup before he'd uh, pulled on any sort of Edinburgh or Glasgow jersey. Um, but I remember that debut he made uh, against Italy in that World Cup warm-up, and he was absolutely unbelievable. Um, and probably people's like doubts around parachuting a player in uh, were immediately dispelled. Um, I think he, he always seemed to play really well for Scotland and and Edinburgh as well. Like he was um, just so for a slightly smaller guy, like so dynamic, so good in the contact, so aggressive. Um, and I actually think even his carrying was probably like a bit underrated for what for what he could do. So, yeah, no, I think I think he will go down pretty well. And it sounds as if um, even at Newcastle as well, like he was a pretty well respected and well liked member of that squad. He he said in his statement he's looking forward to not feeling like roadkill anymore, which I guess is just <laughs> a little bit of an insight into the way he sort of treated his body through his professional rugby career. He's a he's a Southland man, isn't he, Alan? That's where you're. Um, um, for Ashley's side of the family is right. Uh, yeah, I think her brother went to the same school as, oh, really? uh, as John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually had a sandwich in the little village that he's from. Very a sandwich, yeah. <laughs> we sandwich. <laughs> um, but no, I guess he's sort of got he, he's got that style that a it probably ends up making you feel like complete shit after a match just because of the sort of how little regard he has for his own body. But he also has a style that I think probably lends himself to being sort of seen favorably by fans. And I think probably meant that when he came across in 2015, a lot of fans were sort of very quickly took a, took a liking to him. It's very hard to, you know, if, if he'd come over and he was a little bit of a show pony, then probably would have got a little bit more of abuse. But ultimately he's a, he's an absolute grafter who's sort of willing to lay it out on the pitch every single time. Yeah, came across with um, with Shug Blake, Hugh Blake, who never quite made uh, the same impact on Scotland fans. But the hard horse also 
came on the pod um, a few years back. You can go back and lo- listen to that. Listen to some vintage Thistle if you can't get enough of us uh, on a day-to-day basis. John Hardy came on the pod a couple of years ago. Um, I remember fondly, we asked him where his nickname, The Hard Horse, came from. And he basically just said, my surname is Hardy and sort of stopped talking. We were like, cool, John. Thanks for the anecdote, man. So that, that's the vintage content you can go back and listen to. Well, exactly. It's like a teaser. We should clip that for social media and then people will just sort of unfollow us. It'll be very good. <laughs> um, other news, interesting news coming out this week. Glasgow have confirmed, um, a lot of this is sort of dripped out, but they've confirmed wholesale 18 players leaving the club um, this summer. Of course, some we knew about. Alex Allen, Glenn Bryce is living his absolute best life in uh, LA. Messi Dolakotu, Dylan Evans, who I don't know who that is. Chris Fazzaro, um, obviously a Scotsman legend. Adam Hastings, um, TJ Oni, Hugh Jones, who we will come back to. Lee Jones, Ian Keatley, Paddy Kelly, Foco, Lotu, wait, I've got that wrong. Fotu Lokatui, uh, Nico Matawali, Robbie Nairn, Nakawara, Adam Nichol, Darcy Ray, Aki Sahili, Tommy Seymour, Brandon Thompson and George Thornton. So a bit of a mixed bag of genuine legends, um, a couple of journeymen and a few people that never quite got going. Do you want to start with Hugh Jones? I mean, we are now into the postseason, essentially. He's officially been released by Glasgow Warriors, but there has been no official announcement of where he's going. Lots of reports that he's going to bay on rooted at the bottom of the um, top 14 in France. Matt, what do you reckon is going on? Uh, well, they're, I think they're second bottom, actually. I think Agen the ones who are um, propping it up. But it, it looks as if, as a result of that, Bayern are going to go into this playoff against Biarritz, who are um, second top of the, the Pro D2 at the moment. Um, so I, I don't know if whether that is delaying things, the uncertainty about which league Bayon will be in next year and whether as part of his there was some sort of pre-contract agreement um that that meant Hugh Jones could could delay until he knew exactly where he'd be playing next year which I think from his perspective is, is pretty sensible um so I suppose we just have to kind of, kind of wait and see I mean I, I still do think that we, we talked about this before he's maybe slightly selling himself short given how by on a struggle this year, but but actually they're they're only in that position on um on points difference um versus pose. So maybe there's actually a bit more potential than than we thought at Bayon. Yeah, you'd hope you, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I, the one thing with having a sort of clause where you don't join sort of Bayon if they get relegated is the ultimate issue is if they do get relegated, it's sort of middle of the summer and you don't have a yeah. club. <laughs> Which I think predominantly would be sort of a bad a bad thing, although I guess you know ultimately, if a club's sort of desperate for a player and you're sort of there and available, and you're sort of coming out of the back of COVID, you might be able to sort of pick up a nice contract. But you'd like to think, you know, what what, what age is he now? Twenty eight, something of that effect. Anyway, mm. you know, yeah. ultimately, as a centre, he's probably not got this. You know, they've not got the same sort of probably staying power as maybe sort of if you're in sort of the four pack or at least sort of scrum half. So you're thinking that the next two, two to three years are his basically the, the rest of his prime years as a kind of top class centre, mm. and to sort of waste it down in Pro D feels like not the greatest way to sort of ca- carry it out. He's only, he's only 27, so yeah, I, can, I completely agree. Um, 
I suppose, it, yeah, that just kind of leads into the broader question of how you assess his time at Glasgow. And I think for someone who arrived to such fanfare, for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, maybe there's a sense that he didn't put as much graft in as some players or, you know, wasn't rated as highly by, by Dave Rennie um, as, as maybe um, sort of why just Scottish rugby saw him. Um, it's been pretty disappointing. And I think that ultimately when you have someone like Nick Grigg, who does a job, but has absolutely nowhere near the, the talent, I don't think of Hugh Jones consistently getting selected. To me, that kind of suggests that it's a, an attitude issue. And it's maybe a few questions around defence, which once again, I think you can link to, to attitude. I don't know if you guys think that's right or not. I do a little bit, but at the same time, I, I think there is an argument to say he's not ever been given that consistent run of yeah. games, um, either at centre or, or actually just generally. I was having a look, and you know, over what four seasons, appreciating sort of a bit of a COVID issue in the middle, he's only played forty games. So you're looking at sort of mm. ten games a season, and I think even when we look back to the Dave Rennie era. It was a lot of sort of stop start and also a lot of him actually on the bench and sort of covering for us, sort of Pete Horn and Nick Grigg. So I think for, for him, who's he's clearly sort of a bit of a confidence player, I imagine there's a, there's a great frustration that he's never been able to get probably a solid sort of five, six run, at, run of games, especially in, in those first couple of years where you had people like Hogg and Russell, etc., for him to yeah. sort of play off of. Yeah, it's and just I never think, quite worked out for one reason or another. Sorry, Matt, what were mm. you going to say? No, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I think that's a very good point around getting a string of games together because when he was finally given that recently for Scotland, and admittedly he was only on the bench, like, he showed exactly what he could do with that, you know, with that bit of confidence and, and coming off the back of, of consistent game time. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, other... Other names sort of leaving. I mean, there's plenty of people that perhaps you will um, not miss or they just haven't really, they've been there sort of like injury cover. But I mean, in that group, who do you think um, Glasgow are going to significantly miss next year? I mean, Adam Hastings is playing some fantastic stuff at fullback. Do you think Glasgow are going to miss having him around? I think they'll definitely miss him at the start of the season before um, Josh Mackay makes the the trip over. Because I think obviously he's, he is planning to do the um, the minor ten, which I think takes mm. up, takes him up until about sort of November, December, and I think it's just so it's, it's so annoying because I think we've sort of talked about this: who can play fifteen for Glasgow for the last sort of two or three years? And I think you know Tommy Seymour was seen as sort of the great hope a couple of years ago that he could make that transition over, and it never really worked. And and obviously Hugh Jones has looked quite good, and now I think actually Adam Hastings, I think almost looks better at 15 than, than yeah. he does at 10. It's, I think it's almost, quite amazing that the SRU weren't like, there's Adam Hastings. We need a 15. If only we had someone who's got like sort of pedigree in that position. To, to be fair, I think they would have said at the time, our only other 10 is Brandon Thompson. So I'm beating Brandon. <laughs> Hastings was injured as well quite a long stretch that's true yeah he was and I think you know ultimately the only reason he's been playing 15 is because you know Ross Thompson has probably made himself a little bit undroppable over the last sort of kind of four or five weeks 
which, you know, I actually think that combination of him and Hastings at 15, where he can sort of just pull it back and Hastings has a little bit more time on the ball, which he, he clearly enjoys, has actually worked out really well. And I guess, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that Hastings is an international 10 or starting 10, but thinking kind of for that Scotland team, having Hastings on the bench and being able to cover 10 and 15 mm. is actually a really great asset for the Scotland team. Mm. I guess, would you do? I mean, I mean, thinking about Gloucester, right? You know, they, they have got him as a 10. So I think when he goes down there, he'll, he'll, he'll be the first choice 10 going into next season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how he how he fits in, and I think that's a very good point. I'd kind of forgotten that Mackay wasn't joining up until a few months into the season, so it'll be interesting to see how they they cope. Um, are there, there's a real sort of changing of the guard feeling of uh, of some of these levers. You know, obviously Tommy Seymour, Nakawara, Matawalu. Um, um, Lee Jones, Lee Jones, Fazaro, like people that have really been like absolute like rocks. Well, obviously Nakawara went away and then came back, but like people that were very much associated with like the growth of Glasgow up to the sort of Pro 12 final. Alex Allen as well, like people that have been around. There's a real sort of clear out into what is a, a much younger, sort of newer squad next year. It's quite a, it's quite an interesting pivot, mm-hmm. but. On, we'll come on to talk a little bit about Rainbow Cup. But, I mean, on the, the showings of the last couple of weeks, this new breed of Glasgow player is um, is quite exciting. I still think you've. I, I think it's a really good point. I think like maybe some of the the, the kind of cultural stuff that that Glasgow benefited from in the past might be slightly lost, particularly with you know guys like Fazaro, Lee Jones, who haven't actually played very much recently. But I get the sense are like pretty important figures around the club. Um, but then you kind of look at, like, once again, looking at the Kevin Miller depth chart, and I think you've got enough guys through that, the spine of that team. So your Kebbles, Brown, Turner, Fagerson, Ryan Wilson, who, to be fair to him, has done a pretty good job in the last few months sort of galvanizing the sides. Um, Price, Johnson, guys like that. And then, as you say, add in all those young guys who've done bloody well. And the new signings coming in, like I, I'm, although sort of losing 18 players at the end of the season or 19, I think it was, seems like a really big turnover. Um, I, I'm reasonably okay with it. Is there is is there any positions where you think glad? I, I think Danny Wilson said on um, in an interview over the weekend that they had one more big signing that they wanted to make. And I was trying to sort of piece together where, where that might be. And I was thinking probably get either, either back row or potentially yeah. in the centers. Yeah. I think if you look at the depth chart at the moment, like the back row in particular, there's options, but there's also not that much depth. Um, so I don't know who you'd be able to get, but, some like gritty Kiwi lad, I wouldn't mind. Um, although once again, like I think there's that Gregor Brown guy, if he gets back from, from injury was doing pretty well and, and obviously pretty highly rated. So maybe there's some more Academy guys to come through. Um, and yeah, 
center. I don't know. I just I, I guess. wish they didn't keep picking Nick Rick, but maybe Cooper <laughs> Lewis is the guy that kind of comes in and, and makes a bit of a difference. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I guess uh, thinking if because it does feel like Kyle Stain is is now being put as a as a wing winger. Although I would still quite like him to play thirteen. But yeah. you look at, you look at the twelves are Johnson, McDowell, Pete Horn, which is it's it's fine, and hopefully John, Sam Johnson can kind of get back to get back to the form of a couple of years ago. And then you got Nick Grigg, which you know he's fine, but he has his issues. And then you've got Tua Pelotu, who literally no idea could be yeah. literally terrible. Um, and you've kind of got Robbie Ferguson and Paddy Kelly, who are sort of a little bit out of the setup these days. Um, that 13, if, if Tua Pelotu doesn't hit the ground running, it doesn't feel like like Greg can be the, the starting 13 for another season. <laughs> Nick, Nick Greg is un, unstoppable. Just when you think Nick Greg, like, do you remember the shape? He, the shape he came back from COVID in. Everyone was like, "There's no way Nick Greg can keep going," and he just he just keeps turning up at thirteen for Glasgow. The thing is, I feel bad saying it because I genuinely think from sort of the coverage that the Glasgow Warriors social channels have of him and how he sort of comes across in in, in interviews, etc. He hmm. might be one of the nicest people, yeah, I've ever seen. Another and person that came on the pod, very nice guy. Yeah. 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 And um, I can't remember any specific moments from from the Squidgy pod. Um, well, once again, Squigsy. <laughs> yeah, but do you remember we asked him where's the nickname come from, and he just said, "Oh, just you know, kind of rhymes with with Grigsy." Yeah, <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, do you remember that as well? I think that was when we stopped asking people where they got their nicknames from. <laughs> <laughs> do you think them Glasgow? Did we, ask, be- did we ever ask Stafford McDowell why he was called Stiffmeister? Yeah, what would he have said? He, he that, was said the, yeah. that was the driest <laughs> interview we've ever done. He would have said, "Yeah, yeah, uh, boys are working really hard. I'm just looking forward to getting out there this weekend." <laughs> Yeah, that was unreal. God bless him. God bless. Hey, it was tough. It was, he was like nineteen. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, we were his. Um, we were his like training wheels for his media training. <laughs> Do you think um, Glasgow kind of looking to the squad next season? They'll be regretting the re-signing of Duncan Ware at all. I want. I mean, probably nobody was expecting Thompson to step up that quickly, right? No. Yeah. I, and then was it Demote's been starting for the force and like looking pretty good? Yeah, and he's been like one of their best players against consistently against New Zealand opposition. Mm. Be interesting. I guess, you know, ultimately it depends what obviously Duncan Ware thinks he's sort of coming up to do, right? If he if he does see it as more of almost like a player coaching role. <laughs> but it does feel like he is going to be coming up as third choice now. Hmm. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think he, there was definitely a coaching element to the to the package, wasn't there? But you also I think, think Thompson is not out of the um, out of the reckoning that he'll be involved in and around the squad of the Six Nations next year. No, not at all. You know mm. that possibly autumn internationals. You know that takes him out of the camp for a few months. Like Duncan Weir will play minutes. You would have thought. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, you know. Ultimately. I'm sure Demosi will be playing for Argentina when it comes to the Autumn Internationals as well. So, yeah, 100% be game time. And I'm sure it's good having someone who's ultimately 
you know, I appreciate I would have probably said the same about Ryan Wilson 12 months ago, that his sort of Scotland days were behind him. But it, it really does feel like Duncan Ware's probably not going to be getting a call to the Scotland team anytime soon. Yeah. Although he did come for the Autumn Nations Cup, remember, which actually wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He did okay. He came, yeah. Didn't he come off the bench and like make a tackle to turn the ball over or something like that? I think he started against Italy. Oh, yeah, so he did. He scored that non-try off the forward pass. I felt quite bad for him. He's so happy. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, the pudding. What a good guy. Be nice uh, no, to see I, him back in Glasgow. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Matt. You know, I think there's there's a lot to be quite optimistic about in that. It's amazing going from and you know, I think we actually said this at the time post the Benetton game. We're a bit like, you know, there's sometimes Glasgow look like they've got all the pieces to be a real almost like you know playoff contender next year, and there's other mm. times where you're just like, you are literally terrible. That's the and, thing. It's so, it's and, so hard you know, to figure out. Do you know what? To be fair to them, it's increasingly looks like Benetton might be representing the North in the Rainbow Cup final <laughs> because the Ospreys have supposedly got COVID infection, so the, the Benetton might just get the win. And therefore, win, win, yeah, yeah, win the league. Sweet. Yeah, we knew that all along. They're great. <laughs> um, but no, I'm increasingly going to um, sort of the former view of actually, if they can keep sort of in, if they, if they can keep um, sort of few key players from getting injured, then actually they could have quite a good run at the playoffs next year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've accidentally sort of talked for about 25 minutes on uh, on Glasgow, but one last final one of has anyone else left Glasgow better and landed on their feet more than Glenn Price, uh, Glenn Bryce <laughs> and his life with the LA Guiltinis, which just looks like unbelievably good. I think it's like the ultimate like Instagram rugby life where yes. on on social media it looks fantastic, but I think behind the scenes it's a complete fucking shit show. Like <laughs> they'll be living in like some terrible flat like in the worst area of LA with like locusts and stuff. Like it's just like <laughs> locusts. complete, <laughs> complete <laughs> a plague of locusts. <laughs> it's it, it just I don't know. The whole so many people want the major league rugby to be successful, but it's just definitely a complete sham and it's definitely not gonna be a, a thing in like two years. It's just well glad if, you if, if you're listening. <laughs> it's like it's like the rugby version of that fire festival then. Yes, one hundred percent. That is like the perfect example. And it Matt gets to his for Kendall Jenner, just being like giving a hype. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I just feel like there's like this assumption that's like, oh, it's the US, and like they've got Gitto, and so this league must be fucking sweet. And actually, the, I mean, the, the sort of golfing class between sort of the best players and the worst players is an absolute joke. Like someone like DTH <laughs> Van der Merwe, who is is still class, or actually a better example, Dougie Fife. Dougie Five literally looks yeah. like he is a superstar. <laughs> he's like tearing shit up. And and Dougie Five is good, but he's not that good. <laughs> Either way, Glenn Bryce is living his best life. Him yeah. gets out of his And he's locust infested flat. He's having a shit <laughs> shoot. Ash- right. Glenn, if, if you're listening, come on the pod. Yeah. yeah. Take Describe on Alan, but you're living in LA. Definitely going to get a set. He's like living in some penthouse in Santa Monica, just living the absolute dream. We'll do a live. We'll do a live video. He'll do us a tour of his flat, <laughs> like some sort of like Playboy mansion. 
unbelievable scenes. Well, that is a bit of a, a weird canter through all the, the sort of state of Glasgow Warriors at the moment. Um, but the main event that we want to talk about um, today is obviously um, Mike Blair has named his squad for the Scotland summer tour involving an A game against England and then two tests uh, against Romania and Georgia. And it was, it felt it was a little bit nostalgic. There was some genuine new names in there that people had to Google or all said, Christ alive, I didn't know they were Scottish. Um, so we'll probably start there. Nick Otterak, Yavan, Javan Sebastian um, were the two that sort of um, stuck out for me as people that I hadn't heard of before. Um, Matt, did you know much about Otterak or Sebastian? Um, I, I did recall Sebastian's name just because I, I've seen to, to remember that he was at Air, uh, Glasgow for like a year or so. And I think in the end, a partnership contract. And in the end, I think he um, played mainly for Air, but I hadn't exactly been following his career post that. Um, Otterak, I, I definitely heard of. And I think I knew that he was kind of on um, England's radar. But I was also aware that he seems to have played for like, or seemed to have moved around a lot of English clubs in the last few years from having, to be fair to him, a very good season at Bath when they got to the Premiership final in 2015. Um, and he played a lot of rugby in, there, uh, in that season. But post, that, post then, he's been at Harlequins. Um, Oh, where else has he been? I can't remember now. But uh, Saints moved around quite a bit. So something seems to have stalled in his career. But also at the same time, I was like, that seems like a pretty good guy to be able to, to potentially call upon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and alongside those sort of absolute sort of bolts from the blue names there was a, a the sort of a, a strong contingent i'll stick with the forwards for the time being of sort of like young talent coming through so obviously there was lots of talk about you and ashman um obviously choosing scotland over england no sign of bevan rod it looks like um eddie's gotten his claws into the rod which is a bit of a shame but I mean, young guys like Rory Darge has obviously been in fantastic form for Glasgow in the last couple of weeks. Um, Cammy Henderson, who's been playing an awful lot of minutes for for Leicester in the, in the Premiership. Jamie Hodgson um, coming through at Edinburgh um, as well. So quite a lot of interesting new young guys coming through in, in the forward pack as well. Do you think any of them, Alan, have got an opportunity to sort of 
I guess, push for a, a, a cap in um, across the summer. I imagine majority of them will get some form of game time, either um, either starting or off the bench. I think obviously Josh Bayless, who appears to be you know a pretty sort of solid starter for Bath now in what is a, a relatively sort of world class pack, should be potentially starting. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him and sort of Sam Skinner together. Or actually, no, you, him. I well have him with sort of either Sam Skinner or Cummings at some point in the um, in the summer tour. And then actually, in, in kind of interest to see Luke Crosby. I think you know. Yeah, I I had <laughs> incorrectly assumed that he had already been capped by Scotland because it, it does feel like he's been around for a little bit of time now. But I think you know. He, I do feel like he looks like someone that could sort of step up quite easily as a sort of international. And I think, you know, especially I appreciate Glasgow, Glasgow, Georgia and Romania aren't sort of toughest opposition. But when you're sort of a forward, I'd be keen to see what he's like against sort of a Georgian back row. Yeah, absolutely. And on the narrative front, um, Robin Hislop, Bomber Hislop, obviously just signed up. Um, with Wasp. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago, now called up for Scotland. Matt, best narrative in the squad, Bomber Hislop, do you reckon? It's pretty good. Like, proper sort of borders, under-20s legend, few caps at Edinburgh, uh, roughly discarded to ply his trade in the Championship, um, been at the coalface for years, and he's got his chance to, to get a Scotland cap. I mean, that, yeah. That just screams screams narrative, I suppose. I always feel like Langham is like the hipster hipster version of like the borders. Like it ain't <laughs> you know you you know, everyone's from Hoy or Gala or Melrose, but yeah, you know, Langham, that's something a bit different. I like, don't see it every day. <laughs> well, that's like the OG border spot. I don't know what that means. Like the orig- original, like the real um, borders. Um, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't really understand that analogy. To be fair, but... <laughs> I mean, all, things that uh, I don't know what my link was going to be there. But isn't it weird that Sione Tuipilotu, who we've only really seen play in the Japanese top league um, on YouTube, is now being picked up? Is now being pretty much just dropped straight into the Scotland squad? Um, they must. They must quite rate the guy. Would you want to have a, a sort of closer look at him? Mm. Yeah, I think the centres are quite interesting. Um, yeah. Obviously, his name sticks out. And it's just so hard to tell with that Japanese league that obviously it has the standards improved a lot in recent years with the addition of um, particularly sort of, you know, current All Blacks, um, for instance. But it still seems as if, if you're someone like Snayman, you can just run through like dozens of players. So I just think, you know, I'm sure that the SRU, Mike Blair and Townsend will have looked at his tapes in detail, but it still must be quite difficult to get a sense of how good the quality is. Um, and then I, I do think, you know, we, we tweeted about it this week, that the fact that Roy Hutchinson hasn't been included in the squad when he seems to have played, been playing pretty well for Northampton recently and has always done a reasonably good job for Scotland. It kind of just seems a bit out of the blue. What would you? What would your starting centres be for the um, for the Romania game out of that out of that pet, out of that group? Um, who, uh, depends who you're playing at third. 
maybe Scott and two Pelotu. Because actually your options at I'd thirteen at aren't you actually your, your options at thirteen aren't if Stain's just being considered a winger. I wouldn't mind seeing Stain in there, but I don't think he is being considered as a centre. Mm. And I I actually think that James Lang has some positive qualities, but I just don't see him being a, a longer term option at, at twelve. And I think Matt Scott's showed enough in the past that he can play international level, as he's playing well recently. So I think he should be rewarded for that. Is it time for Alan's 2017 shout of Blair Kinghorn at 12? <laughs> you know what? It, if there's ever a time, <laughs> now is the time. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's almost becoming, I think, the one weak spot in that Scotland team. The one, now that Sam Johnson sort of slipped off the pace a little bit, it's and the Cammy, one. And Cammy Redpath busted his ACL. And Cammy Redpath appears to be sort of made of glass. It's yeah. the one. It's the one place where I think Blair Kinghorn needs to be ready to make it his own. It's because <laughs> the thing is, you, you com, let's compare. And I'm, <laughs> I'm obviously taking this. This is clearly not the right direction, but let's play. Take it a little bit. Blair Kinghorn versus Cameron Path. He Blair Kinghorn is like a bigger ver and slightly faster version of Cameron Path, and maybe he can just play that sort of second receiver role with Finn, but also he can still sort of hit it up with the, with the sort of size he brings to the game. No? It's no? a pitch. Yeah, I, I, I respect the pitch. I mean, I suppose, like, I feel bad for him. He's been shoved in at 10 recently this season. <laughs> like, hasn't really looked up to it. And I, know, I don't think I he is well, a 10, though. I think he no, gets, I agree, I agree, it, but... but You'd be playing him. At, I don't think you'd be playing him at twelve with the idea that he was getting you over the game line. You'd be playing him at twelve as a second distributor. Yes, and I think you ultimately similar to someone like a Cam Redpath. But then actually, I think the, the kind of benefit that he brings over a Cam Redpath is actually you know, Blake Hingard is a big old unit, right? He can actually, <laughs> in the contact, he can sort of give it quite well. Also, he's outside his old mate, Hastings, living the dream. Yeah, that's I mean, true. I, I mean, I was making a joke, but we've got so like five minutes of debate out of that. That's, uh, that's, that's what we do. Well, I think if you, pit, if you made that pitch to the Dragon's Den, I think Duncan Bannatyne's laughing in your face, Alan. He's like, yeah. there's absolutely no way. There's, there's, there's quantity of debate and then there's quality of debate. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, some other um, uh, interesting youngsters that have obviously that are obviously coming through there. Cole Forbes um, has been playing very very well for Glasgow. Excited to see him and get him tied to Scotland, Matt. Yeah, I mean he's sort of come out of nowhere to in in the last few months become like one of Glasgow's more impressive players. Um, and I think I think Rufus McLean might have been injured a bit recently, but he's kind of come to out him considering Rufus McLean had such a great start to his Glasgow career but you kind of we're talking about this week you kind of compare the fact that Cole Forbes is a New Zealand under 20 cap you know (laughs) he should be really really class Um, and I think with a bit of game time at Glasgow um, he's been able to find his feet and and show in that class Um, and I think he's just a nice back three option Um, and it's interesting within the context of going back to Kinghorn slightly like it seemed as if maybe two, three years ago when Kinghorn was starting on the wing for Scotland, it seemed as if his place in that back three was pretty cemented and that he would eventually be the 
either backup or successor to Hogg at fullback. But that at the moment, maybe just due to his form, doesn't really look to be the case. So arguably Forbes has actually quite a good opportunity to say, well, you know, I'm the guy that's going to be here for the next 10 years or so and, and start to put his hand up. Yeah, absolutely. I was, inter- I was interested to see Jack Blaine's name in there. He's obviously played a couple of times for Edinburgh this year. I'm not sure whether he's been injured, but um, when he's played for Edinburgh, he's always looked look sort of solid. He's quite a big bloke, but I didn't have him really penciled in as somebody who's going to be making that that step up this summer, but they obviously must quite quite like the look of the guy. I mean, the, there isn't many back three players playing for Edinburgh Glasgow that weren't called up. <laughs> just, That's true. Just, just, just generally being on, like yeah. you know, ultimately you look at Glasgow and you've got uh, Cole Forbes, Rufus McLean, Kyle Stain, and then at Edinburgh you've got what, Justice Blade. for Ollie Smith. Justice for Ollie Smith. Yeah, <laughs> he appears to be sort of the one, the one guy who uh, who hasn't got the call up. But it's um, you know, I guess again, do you know what? You know, ultimately, you know, going back to sort of you know young players that are sort of taking their chances. He he has sort of had a lot of game time this season, and probably the Edinburgh youngsters this year haven't performed at the same level as kind of the Glasgow yeah. youngsters. But all of the Edinburgh right. guys that have come through, he's he's looked relatively comfortable at pro level and doesn't seem sort of phased by it. Who? Blaine. Blaine, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Scored a couple of tries. Wears a big red scrum hat, which people like to see. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess at the start of the season, just based on kind of the under-26 nations, I think if you'd said kind of who was going to have a breakthrough year at 10, you know, Chamberlain or Ross Thompson, I think most people would have put their money on Chamberlain mm. being um, the breakout 10, whereas obviously Ross Thompson's kind of gone from being very much on the fringes to now being in Scotland squad, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's, I suppose they've only got really two out-and-out tens. Yeah. Thompson. <laughs> and then Kinghorn kind of covering if needed. Kinghorn covering every position in the back line. Yeah. And just, I don't know, I'm assuming Jamie Dolby is now not going to go with the under-20s. Um, which he's not, he's not in the squad, is he? Yeah, he's not named in the other 20 squad. Which is always a bit sad. I always think it's already quite nice to like kind of come mm. through kind of the age group with people and try to kind of compete against people, you know, as in in those sort of kind of under 20 tournaments. But mm. ultimately, he he probably is now, you know, one if price is out the win out the out the window, out the picture, um he is potentially probably the third off third best scrum half, you would say. I guess Sam Hidalgo Pine is like Sam Hidalgo Klein is like the lost man. Doesn't even play for Exeter anymore. Yeah, something's happened there. I don't, know, I don't know what it is, but... Yeah. It's amazing just that sort of how the ups and downs and peaks and troughs of that Exeter career from sort of match-winning turnover in European Cup final and everyone was like, he's back. To now, yeah. just not even a peak out of him. It's weird. I was just, um, I was just trying to... I was very quickly sort of... Um, sketched out a starting 15 oh, go for on the summer. Is this like um, what you think would be the strongest 15 or is this like a rash, a rash 15? I think, I think this is what the strongest 15 could be, but I have done this very quickly. So I might've missed out some key players, but. Okay. Well, let us, let us um, know listeners on, on Twitter, how wrong Matt is tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Thistle rugby pods. Or if you want a long, longer time to tell Matt how wrong he is, that's um, the thistle rugby at gmail.com. Matt, go ahead. <laughs> um, 
So in the front row, I would go Kebble, Turner. And then Tighthead is not great. Bergen or Sebastian? Yeah, Tighthead is looking a little bit light, isn't it? That's that's not looking that great. But then I reckon the rest of the pack's pretty good. And I suppose a few combinations, but I, w- I went Skinner and Cummings in the second row. And then I went Fagerson. Skinner's been scoring tries for fun for Exeter. Yeah, I've been playing a lot yeah, recently. Really good form. Fagerson, Ritchie. And I'm not sure about the other back row. But fa- what's going on with Fagerson? Because he's just, he's been in hospital having a wrist operation. Yeah. Which went, he's been going around in social media in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. There's, there's been nothing coming out of Glasgow. So maybe it was something minor. I don't know. Because um, actually beyond Fagerson, there's not really very many other number eight options. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know whether Bradbury has been brought in as a second row or maybe it's cover both. Yeah. Um, but I went Richie Ferguson and then I put in Bayless, but I could easily put in Crosby as well. If you mm. wanted more of a seven. Um, like that. I think it's not, it's not bad. I t- I'm loving uh, George Turner's form at the moment is unbelievable. Mm. he seems to have just like completely sort of just taken that form he found off the back of the Six Nations he's just running with it I wonder if yeah. he's ang- I wonder if he's pissed off he didn't get the Lions nod probably expected it but maybe in the, on the outside end of his mind he maybe thought he had a chance <laughs> well I think if, if the lineup hadn't gone completely to pot against Ireland Ireland yeah and we'd beaten Ireland we probably would have beaten Ireland as a result then maybe but yeah he's been incredible um and then my back line, I've got Horn, Hastings, Matt Scott, two Paluto, as I said. And then back three of Stain and McLean on the wings and Cole Forbes at fullback. Cole Forbes at fullback? Well, actually, at fullback, the options, in fact, no, what am I talking about? Put Kinghorn in there and then put yeah. Forbes, Forbes, sorry. Forbes on the wing instead of McLean. I like that. I really hope this is a summer of um, a summer for George um, Horn. It's obviously had a mm. really shit year, almost fully out with injury. But like you think about like eighteen months ago, two years ago, we were all talking about how long was it going to be until he overtook Price as the starting nine for Scotland. Yeah, it's looked not too bad recently, which has been good to see. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, it's, I think if you look back, even what must have been, was it 2017 when they absolutely trounced Exeter at the, um, at Scotland? So maybe it was 2017 or 2018. And I think it was at that point that I thought at that time, I thought Horn was going to sort of kick on and be mm. sort of Scotland's number one. And he's just, you know, you know, everyone knows that his sort of running game and his support play is amazing, and I think he just continues to struggle with probably just a lot of the basics of scrum half play. Yeah, whereas Ali Price has really added to that sort of control yeah. portion of his game over that last sort of two years. He has obviously been he has been injured for large portions of the last year or so. Yeah, so it's good to see him back in there because you forget, like, I think his try scoring record for Scotland is and Glasgow is an absolute joke. Um, but he's extremely, extremely dangerous. Um, Alan, have you got any any um, additions or changes to Matt's proposed starting 15? No, I mean, I just think that the centres are a little bit, <laughs> I was going to use the phrase bleak. I don't know, bleak, bleak's a bit harsh, but <laughs> it's it's just sort of a bit of a, I think when you look at 
a Hutchinson, and obviously we've, I think we've left probably left Johnson and Jones at home. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I do like Matt Scott, and I think specifically the Matt Scott of what must have been almost a year and a half, two years ago when he was playing for Edinburgh. I thought I thought he was an absolute banging form, but he recently has been picked for sort of the Leicester big games, and whilst you know I hope that Tupelotu comes in and is absolutely amazing. You know, the fact that he sort of only got about 11 caps across three years for the Melbourne Rebels yeah. doesn't doesn't sort of scream um, sort of high high quality. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll have to see. But I think the packs, I'm, I'm actually maybe for the first time in a long time sort of more excited about how we, the pack's going to do rather than the backs. Mm. I've, got, I've got a little quiz, actually. I was thinking of, I've got for everyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, why don't we just go straight into that? I was just actually going to look up. I was just looking up when the summer tour kicks off, just to sort of round all of that off. The first fixture is Scotland A versus England A on the twenty seventh mm-hmm. June, not too far away. Romania Scotland, um, then the tenth of July, and Georgia on the seventeenth of July. So Bloody yeah, the great Scottish go. summer. The great sort of summer, the roaring, the roaring twenties is back, baby. Can't wait. We've won, you know, won the Euros by that point. Scotland win the Euros and Scotland beat Georgia away. It's going to be <laughs> unbelievable. Um, yeah, little, little quiz. If you get it, is uh, of, of the twenty three that um, played against Munster in the twenty fifteen Pro Twelve Grand Final, there will be four people in next year's squad. Who were in that twenty-three? Can you name them? Sorry, they're in the so in the twenty-three Glasgow squad. In the there was twenty-three that were in the Glasgow squad that won the Pro Twelve Grand Final in twenty fifteen. There's only four left that will be in the twenty-one twenty-two Glasgow squad. Who are those four people? Pete Horn. Pete Horn is one. Started oh. at twelve with Richie Vernon. Um, I didn't have him actually. Uh, Harley, Harley was a six. Ryan Wilson. Ooh. Yeah, it always blows my mind that Ryan Wilson started at open side flanker. Yeah, huh. back quite sort of maybe laborious back row of Harley, Wilson, and Strauss. Quite gritty yeah, that is, though. That is funny. Yeah, this is and, Duncan Weir, and Duncan Weir is the last one. Nice. He was twenty-two. Is he on the bench. Yeah. Yeah, he was on the bench. Got quite. A f- oh, I'm chatting absolute shit. Fraser Brown was playing hooker. <laughs> I, was, I, had, I had Fraser Brown. I had Fraser Brown as well. There was five people. <laughs> Can't believe he's ruined that. Um, yeah, and then you got Matawala leaving, Fazaro leaving, um, and I think that's and Tommy Seymour leaving. Yeah, that's it from the starting. Yeah, so Tommy eight Seymour. down to five. There you go. Nice little quiz. Nice. Um, there's only a couple of other bits of AOB which um, are, are more in the sort of like complete and utter nonsense part but um, there was a post Finley Christie is renting out his room from July sparking wild rumours that he's heading north um, would, you like to, would you like to see Finley Finley playing uh, in Glasgow or Edinburgh Alan? Edinburgh for sure it's yeah. um yeah. 
I mean, he's he's definitely just like moving down the road or moving in with his missus. But yeah. room looks <laughs> his room looks quite grim. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> quite a lot of the houses in New Zealand are grim. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> really endearing yourselves to your um, New Zealand yeah. family, Alan. There's a lot of, a lot of wooden, lot of, lot of wooden foundations. You know, you don't get you don't get your sort of Edinburgh stone out there. It's uh, wooden foundations. Yeah, it just I think it's well. it's kind of like your room before Ashley moved in. It's, I think it's just a mattress on <laughs> just a mattress on a floor. Yeah, exactly. there's no there's no bed frame. Yeah, no funny, kind of lampshade or anything. Funny enough, actually, I was having having an argument this week because I'm very pro like mattresses either on the floor or like just <laughs> a, almost like a minimal piece of like wood, almost like two by four that the mattress sort of sits on. I'm very, I always think it you know makes the room feel you know bigger. You want it to be a low a low bed, yeah. It's, well, uh, you and Finley Christie can can talk about interior design you when can it comes bunk up. up. Can't wait. Um, there is no. there's a there's a decent amount of chat in in New Zealand that he is in line for potentially for a New Zealand cap. So He's I think the move, the move north is. Uh, I don't know. It might not happen for a while. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, he he has been regularly starting for the Blues, who. I think are in with a shout of winning the sort Gain of music. Yeah, getting to the final. Yeah. So, um, no. And probably a little while longer till he trots up north. <laughs> yeah, and a- another person who, who obviously still of Scottish rugby, but moving over to, to Celtic Football Club, Don Mackay starts as Celtic's chief executive on the 1st of July, and the Celtic fans are already calling for his head. Which is quite quite extraordinary. He's moved from like being a fairly like sort of backroom fixer of Scottish rugby to now just sort of like this this um, hate figure in um, Scottish football already. Quite amazing, isn't it? It's. I think it's funny actually when you sort of look in look at Twitter and you, it just does actually make you realise probably how much bigger a job <laughs> CEO of Celtic is versus oh. like chief commercial officer of uh, yeah. the SRU. It's 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 huge. Or he was incredibly naive, and he was like, "I'm just so fed up of getting all this shit from Scotland fans." Me and Don, me and uh, uh, Mark Dodson. I'm gonna go. I need a fresh start. I'm gonna go to Celtic. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to the the, the relatively benign um, environment of Glasgow football. Like, look, that'll be much more chilled. <laughs> did, you see, did you see the banner they made of him? Yeah. <laughs> Extraordinary. It's just. Like, who are these people and why do they have so much time on their hands? It's uh, less, it less not, less not why is there never why has there never been a Dodson out banner at like a sort of um Edinburgh versus Zebra game or something like that? Why is no one creating that content? Just not as not as passionate. Well, there you go. We've started with Scottish rugby, we've talked about it for an hour and then just chucked in that little bit of Scottish football at the end just to get you excited. Um, but we will be, um, we're actually back this week. Keep an eye on our social media channels. We've got, we've got the first of our um, Scottish Lions interviews coming up for you. So it's a double thistle week. Unbelievable. What a treat for you guys. So keep an eye on, um, on social media and in your podcast feeds. We're going to be back um, over the weekend with an absolutely banging interview. Um, so look forward to that. In the meantime, as I say, follow us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. Over on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. Um, subscribe to the newsletter. That's Thistle Rugby Podcast on Substack. As mentioned at the top of the pod, you can get 
right now, an exclusive extract from This Is Your Everest, the new book on the 1997 Lions Tour from Polaris Publishing. Get on there, learn about Tom Smith being the Boston Strangler, and then get over to Polaris Publishing and order your copy of the book. It is an absolute belter. Um, and yeah, as I say, we'll be back later on this week um, and in the, in the weeks to come. Um, final the, the Rainbow Cup coming up, final games of the Rainbow Cup coming up, and then throughout the Scotland Summer Tour. Until then, goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.